President Cyril Ramaphosa's long-awaited cabinet reshuffle was announced in a live television address on Thursday evening. He also told the nation that suspended Health Minister Zwele Mkhize had tendered his resignation. Mkhize has been on special leave while the investigation into the controversial Digital Vibe scandal continues. Last Thursday, court papers filed in the special tribunal revealed that the special investigating unit wants the 150 million rand communications contract to be reviewed and set aside. I'm Catherine Rice, journalist for News 24's multimedia department, and this is The Story. This week, we'll unpack the cabinet reshuffle and some of the unexpected appointments. You're listening to The Story. It's a podcast by News 24. We'll speak to journalists and experts about the week's biggest story. This is what we saw, heard and uncovered this week. We're talking to News24 Assistant Editor for In-Depth News, Peter Detoy. Peter, the announcement that Mkhize has resigned has been welcomed by political parties. Allegations against him and his family continue to surface, though. Just this week, more unfolded. Can you tell us about those? Catherine, yes, it's uh, it's been a sordid tale, and and first, I, I I think we need to acknowledge and say to each other that the the way in which as William Kizia, the Minister of Health, an ANC princeling, ANC royalty for a long time, many considered him a future candidate for for ANC leader, obviously president and and head of state later on. The way in which he fell from grace is actually so very tacky and so very embarrassing, and it's all to do with this 150 million rands contract that his department gave to a company called Digital Vibes, uh, which is and was owned and operated by close friends and associates of him. Uh, You refer to some of the revelations that came out this week. A mere million rand of that state uh, taxpayer money uh, funds were used by Mkise's son and daughter-in-law to open up a Tammy Taylor outlet, uh, as well as a Golden Cuts uh, Curls and Men's Haircut Salon in, in, in KwaZulu-Natal. No, you know, so you, 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 you stake your whole political career on your son and his wife opening up a Tammy Taylor outlet. How tacky and low budget and desperately sad can that be? So these revelations are coming out in drips and drabs, and his whole political career has now come crashing down because of that. Well, and now he's been replaced. And what, what do you think about his replacement, Peter? Do you think it was a wise choice? Well, Joe Patla, um, no, I don't. I don't think Joe Patla is an inspired choice at all. He is a former, uh, he's, a, he's a qualified doctor, incidentally, but but he's a, he's a journeyman in ANC terms. He's been Deputy Minister of Sport, Deputy Minister of Land Reform, Deputy Minister of Health, you know, so he's, he's never the bell of the ball. Uh, and now all of a sudden he's being thrust into, into this role. I knew him when I was a parliamentary reporter and he was Deputy Minister of Land Reform. You know, nice, uh, soft-spoken, affable kind of guy. But he's been through the, the mill and in, in the ANC. He served as a Deputy Minister under Jacob Zuma, Deputy Minister under Cyril Ramaphosa. So, so look, hopefully he surprises us, but not an inspired choice at all. Not someone with a high public profile, which isn't necessarily a bad thing but also no real track record of being a member of the national executive, a project manager who needs to deliver. And arguably, there's no more difficult position in cabinet than the Minister of Health, which needs to run and manage this this pandemic, which is still very much raging about us. 
Well, exactly. And what about the finance minister? Tito Mbaweni will be replaced by Enoch Godon-Guana. Was this unexpected? And how have the markets reacted? Look, that's fascinating. Uh, Tito Mbaweni has, has lost interest in the finance minister job uh, a long time ago. And, and when he was appointed minister of finance in the wake of Nfantla Nene's resignation in October 2018, 2019, 2018, I think it was, you know, he brought with him some fresh ideas to the Ministry of Finance. He brought with him some fresh uh, new ideas to the ANC about how, A, the economy can be revitalized, and B, what needs to be done about state-owned enterprises like ESCOM and SAA. But he was very quickly slapped down, Captain. He was very quickly wrapped over the knuckles when he made utterances like, let's sell off SAA as soon as possible. When he said, let's break up ESCOM uh, and bring in private equity. You know, that's not ANC dogma. That's not ANC policy. And after that, he lost interest. You know, he became a little bit of a cult figure on Twitter where he shared his various decidedly oddish looking dishes, which he cooked in his house in Mechubas Kloof. And from what we understand, he almost spent more time in his, in his house in Mechubas Kloof than he did at National Treasury in Pretoria. So it was not unexpected. He's been pining to be released from that job for a good number of, of, of months and even years. But it is a blow because Tito Mbaweni is known and respected by the markets. Enoch Gondongwana is considered a pragmatist. Uh, he has been chairperson of ANC's Economic Transformation Committee for a good number of years as well. So the markets know him, the banks know him, the financial services sector knows him. So he's not an unknown quality quantity, rather. Uh, as I said, he's pragmatic. Um, he is uh, a supporter of, of, of the most basic principles of a free market. And I know that he's opposed to uh, expropriation without compensation, a policy, of course, which was adopted in 2017 by the ANC. But he, he has grown up and is dyed in the wool, an ANC apparatchik. He is very much marinated in ANC economic dogma. So I don't think we should expect any new fresh ideas from, from Enoch Godongwana. And I think he will operate within the parameters of ANC policy, which we know is, 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 is in many cases comes from a, a previous dinosaurian age. Um, and that urgently needs revitalization. If Enoch Godongwana can do it, um, that's an open question. Of course, Godongwana has his own skeletons in his closet. He was involved in various allegations of nefarious and quite possibly corrupt activities related to the Eastern Cape and some other deals. And these skeletons have now started tumbling out of the closet uh, and will do, uh, will still continue doing so over the next couple of days. And Peter, just finally, what about the security cluster? Tell us about those changes and why you think Becky got to keep his job. That's fascinating. Uh, our editor, Arjen Basson, wrote in his first take last night that the fact that Becky Taylor survived, and he's, he's in Arjen's eyes the, the biggest winner, shows that the president has accepted Becky Taylor's explanations about what went wrong in July when KZN and Gauteng was, suffered under bouts of violence and looting. So Taylor remains in cabinet. He remains seemingly, uh, he still enjoys the trust of the president. But the biggest move of Thursday night was the decision to disband the Ministry of State Security and move that line function into the presidency. That effectively means that the spies will now report into the presidency. Now, the spies have been a bone of contention for a good couple of years. We've spoken on this podcast previously 
about what the problems there are and how it has um, contributed to political instability and how spies and the whole spy agency has become enmeshed and, and, and ensnared in internal ANC politics. It seems like the president now wants to put an end to that. Uh, we know the spy agency failed in predicting the violence of July. So it's going to be an interesting move. Many experts are now saying it, it might be a good thing. Others are are not as positive about the move. I don't think it's a it's a long-term solution to have the country's spy agencies report into the presidency. You know, it, it might be, we might stomach it with Ramaphosa at the helm, but what happens when someone like Sir, uh, Jacob Zuma uh, or someone like him becomes president? And I think that might be problematic. Well, thank you very much for those insights. That was News24 Assistant Editor for In-Depth News, Peter Tutoy. We're now joined by political analyst Tabojo Kass. Tabojo, what do you think about the moves made by the president on Thursday night? Well, uh, he moved, but I don't think he really moved far enough. But it's obviously uh, within the constraints that he he operates from. Uh, I'm talking about the political environment and the considerations that he has to make from within his party. What about Mkhiza's resignation? The president shouldn't have taken so long to deal with this. Do you agree? He shouldn't have. Um, but then again, uh, true to his character, we know that uh, he's somebody who wants to be deliberative and methodical in terms of his approaches, especially when it comes to sensitive, uh, politically sensitive uh, decisions such as uh, firing um, of a minister or a senior uh, a party official, and he didn't want or he doesn't want to have any blowbacks, and which is why he probably wanted to make sure that he lets the process play itself through until such time that he may not be seen to be uh, just firing or getting rid of his political uh, opponents, which I believe Zorim Kize was uh, had ambitions, uh, although he. It did uh, serve in his cabinet. So, and to the extent that the minister, or the former health minister himself, purported to resign, I'm saying purported to resign because we all know that he he was forced to resign, uh, and it is evident in his letter, which was sent electronically, which is nothing but a ventilation of his uh, digital gripes. Uh, I mean, it's a long list of complaints, and you can see that he was forced to resign, just as he was forced to take leave of absence uh, two months ago. And to Boko, finally, the security cluster was dismantled. Give us some insight into what the president is trying to achieve here. I think the president wanted to make sure that he doesn't let a good, um, uh, there's, a, there's a phrase for it, uh, a good crisis, <laughs> crisis go to waste. And and, and I think he used this opportunity to implement the resolutions of the high panel report uh, that was uh, submitted to him by Sidney Mofomadi in 2018, I think, uh, which made a few recommendations. And many of us were wondering why the president was taking so long to recommend that, I mean, to implement those recommendations. And I think recent events involving the security cluster just made it uh, perfectly possible for him to say to, to, to actually implement those. And amongst the recommendations in that report was the establishment of the national uh, security um, uh, uh, strategy um, and, and an architectural review of how 
the security establishments relates to the constitutional imperatives that lie, the function that lies, that, that, that lies in his purview. And also the establishment of a task team which involves, amongst others, former President Mbeki's um, uh, legal advisor, um, Mujangu, advocate Mujangu Gumbi. So overall, the president could have fired everybody, including former Deputy Minister of Intelligence, Zizi Godwa, uh, for reasons that pertain to allegations that were laid against him at the Zondo Commission. But I think he's playing very safe again, true to his form. Uh, and the, because there's already an established uh, blueprint that once you are charged with a crime, then you have to step aside. Then it gives him, it emboldens him or it empower him to take any action, even amongst those that are considered his close allies. So, yes, um, I think he, it is welcome that now they will move to make sure that the, secu the intelligence uh, services are no longer as politicized as it was the case during Zuma who established that ministry in, in 2014. And it was basically repurposed to serve Zuma's interests, political interests, and nothing else. And not only that, but it was also used to pilfer money from, from the intelligence coffers and thus weakening the, or diverting resource, machined resources from intelligence services. And if you ask yourself who are where we are because the intelligence service has been hollowed out and there's no resources and political direction was lost. Well, thank you so much for your time. That was political analyst Taboho Kaas. That's it from us this week. I'm Catherine Rice, and this week's episode was produced with the help of Amy Gibbings.